That's better. I was like cooking under that. Was, like a little, <laughs> you, ch- little you chicken. I know. It was like, uh. Yeah, <laughs> it always happens. Alrighty. Welcome to Maker and Creator, the podcast about creativity and culture and how it affects us. My name is Jai Smith and I'm joined as always by my co-host Alex Adams. Hi Jai. How are you? <laughs> Good. Good week? It, it, it's been all right. It's all right. I had a quiet weekend and then I drank too much. So. Oh, story of yeah. your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to be good and I got a lot worse. That's all that happened. And uh, now I'm drinking again. Yeah, now you're drinking again. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not sure if you saw, but... Two weekends ago, we hosted some secret foodies events, a couple Mm. of cocktail degustation dinners in Mm. Sydney and Melbourne. And it was a really cool collaboration that we did with luxury brand Waterford Crystal. All of our guests got to drink out of beautiful crystal glassware and they even got to take home these really nice little whiskey tumblers. Mm. And... We had a special guest who attended both both of the events, and I don't think I've ever met anyone that I've wanted to swap jobs with. Like I love what I do, and I think I've got it pretty good. And then I met Tom Brennan, who is the ambassador for Waterford, and I'm a little bit jealous, to be honest. <laughs> he gets to travel around the globe. He gets to go to fancy dinners all the time. He gets to charm crowds. Isn't this your job? No, no, no. He gets to do it globally. So uh, mine's soon, just soon. E- yeah, mine's just the eastern seaboard of Australia. But he gets to go all over the world um, and he gets to talk about crystal, which is pretty cool. The glass, not, not crystal meth. No, no, yeah. that would be no. weird. And I don't know if we'd have them on the show, but crystal glassware. They could. They could work out really well. <laughs> He'd get a bit more distracted, yeah. I think. Um, but look, he's definitely more than just hired help. Sometimes you see some ambassadors and they're just sort yeah. of that poppet head. But Tom's actually got a really interesting story. So thank you for joining us on the show. It's today. my absolute pleasure. It's a great way to start off. You're talking about job envy. So that's really, really good. You've got a pretty cool gig yourself, by the way. So just say it, all right? We, should we spot? We could do a we month. Could just we could just do for a little bit. I'll spend a couple months over here and you can do uh canada and the united states and wherever else they send me so it's pretty good it is a cool job but it's, i'm getting the top for something i love so yeah so how did you tell us what you do for waterford right and uh, how you right. got into it so my current role right now so i gotta kind of i gotta weave and kind of move around a little bit just so t- to kind of join the dots for everybody uh, my current role right now i'm in a pr i work in pr marketing as mm. a global ambassador so yeah. you're right my job is to travel around <laughs> and to um you know talk to our collectors the connoisseurs Go to fancy dinners, uh, golf tournaments, presenting trophies, etching the name of na- the winners' names on golf tournaments. But going back, my my apprenticeship at Waterford began on the first of July, nineteen eighty six. So that's like forever ago. I'm giving away my age now. <laughs> um, and my my role then was a glass blower. So there's something that you touched on at the start that I'm not the hired hand. Mm-hmm. I'm not the the uh, you know learn your lines and use your accent or something like that you know because <laughs> clearly I'm not from Australia but this oh accent. really I didn't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just picked up on yeah, that yeah, now yeah, all right I thought, okay. I, I thought either I or you were drunk at some point no 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 like... that's the stereotypical <laughs> Irish drunk guy is absolutely correct by the way uh, we're just talking about hangovers <laughs> as one does uh, so my job like going back when I was a kid effectively that's what you are and I was traveling I was, then I was learning the, the art of glass blowing so I did that for 14 years so you grew up in Ireland yes. and Waterford is a place in correct Ireland 
Okay. Yes, and part of my job was to tell that story because it's not just a brand name. It's a physical place southeast of Ireland, 47,000 people, kind of 90 miles south of Dublin, if you want to put a geographic pinpoint on it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I did that for 14 years. I worked in new product development. I worked in engineering. I left Waterford for <gasps> six and a half years. Gasp, yes. <laughs> to, a ri- to a rival glass company? Uh, no, not no. at all. I went into banking. Oh, oh I, that couldn't be good. Couldn't. It, it was terrible. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> uh, the first year was kind of different and fun. I just needed to do something different. I was, like, yeah. I was almost 20 years there. And I said, you know what? I need to, I've, I was, I'd have got a good education. I said, I never used it. I just said, I got to do something. So I went into branch management and I was uh, like a bank manager mm-hmm. for six years. So, so technically, I'm qu- I'm, I've also got something called a QFA, which is a Qualified Financial Advisor. Okay. So I can give you, if you're Irish and, and have an address <laughs> in Ireland, I can advice on tax laws oh, and, and, and um, you we, know, we investments an and on savings well, or whatever. I would not have job envy of that job. <laughs> no, you, nobody wants job envy of that. But then what happened then was, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, um, we're kind of jumping around a little bit. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the fun part. And then I went back to Waterford and that's my current position now is just over, just over five years right now doing marketing and PR. So, so what but, brought you back? Um, I hated my job. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, that was it. That, that, that's going to make the move. And I just kind of said, you know what? If I don't make it happen, if I don't do something about it, I don't want to look back in years to come and go, could have, should have. Why yeah. didn't I do it? Uh, so anybody listening out there, do it. Fake it till you make it, you know? <laughs> Say yes yeah. first and then figure it out when you get there. And that's kind of what I did, to be honest. Um, and I had enough in me and enough skill set and enough uh, contacts to just work it out and I did and that's exactly what happened and here I am in Bondi on a podcast yeah <laughs> in a very cool hotel well, what room happened? yeah this what happened you know and what what does a brand ambassador do because I know for for many people who work in this space we kind of get it sure. but, but what what is what is your day-to-day right I mean it's it's I mean it's, it's marketing marketing and PR but a lot of it is telling stories it really is because we've got an incredible story the Waterford brand like we began in 1783 so and then we go what? back to the yeah see see that's the reaction really? I wanted 235 years ago so as i said the other night and all and all this week that like the same year that beethoven's first works were being published waterford was making huh. crystal and the little wee town of waterford ireland you know <laughs> so like, it's unbelievable you know and here we are today this global irish kind of heritage brand that you know we've got incredible brand recognition even for people who don't like it or want it or oh it's uh, my mom likes it but i don't like it whatever <laughs> you know and that we kind of we understand that and that's probably why they're bringing in me who's somewhat younger than previous ambassadors and pr people um and roles um to kind of appeal to a younger base and say hey you know it's not all about the fussy fuddy duddy crystal it's about really having a nice glass in your hand with a nice whiskey or a nice cognac or a great gin or something like mm-hmm. that and having fun with it and, and it's it's very attainable it's luxury but it's lifestyle yeah so so and for those people who kind of say like is crystal like you know what's the point of owning it yeah what's kind of your message there right i mean the way i look at it now is that everybody likes a drink or two i mean we're having a couple of beers here these aren't fancy glasses no these are are corona bottles but that's hard mine is a little creature's uh, pipsqueak apple cider to be (laughs) whatever that means but um but uh i always say that if you an experience of having a great glass in your hand of having a really kind of nice gin glass a whiskey connoisseur glass is nothing like you've experienced before if you like a gin, if you like a whiskey, wine, and it always, I, th- I think personally, it o- you should always spend a couple of dollars more to get a better quality beverage. And it just, it does make a difference. And if you're going to do that, then don't drink it out of a $2 glass. Have some nice crystal. You have forever. Like it's not just, a, it's a once-off purchase in one sense that if you were to get six of glasses or 12 glasses and have them at home, great for entertaining. They're talking points. 
it, it looks, it feels good, and there's a great story behind it too. So, and everybody drinks. Like most people drink alcohol. Yeah. And what, what do they drink it out of? And why why not entertain? Why not have fun with them? Why not just celebrate the small stuff in life too? Because I see, I think it's one of those things. In obviously, Alex, you know this. It's it's one of those things where if if a if a bar or a cafe get this environment wrong, you notice yeah. straight away. Sure. And I do. I do notice if it's a shitty glass, like mm. or it's just a shitty vessel like whatever they're serving it into you do there's actually a great reddit page called we just want plates out of all the ridiculous things that people <laughs> serve food on now like it's really good like That's a bit funny. of stone etc yeah. but glasses are the same you know and as soon as they switch like plastic glasses down at Coogee Bay which I noticed at like 9pm yeah. all the glasses turned into plastic and suddenly got a cold beer of out course. of it like a cheap plastic yeah, yeah, cup you're right. it ruins the whole thing Absolutely. and it kind of just it, it's small but it can be so significant at the end of the day as well. I, I mean I would put the challenge to anybody out there who enjoys a glass of wine at the weekend or whatever the case may be entertaining is just get some Fine, beautiful water for crystal glasses, and you will see the difference. You will taste the difference. You will feel the difference. And you're, and, and you're, <laughs> that was one of Jai's questions. Can you taste the difference? <laughs> but going back to the taste, um, <laughs> like, a, like a mixologist, like a bartender, a taster, a connoisseur will tell you that when you drink, like even if you're drinking tea out of fine bone china, it's a completely different experience than just a just five dollar cup you get on the beach or something like yeah. that you know and that is really that is factual that's not me giving you the pure i'm not trying to sell anything to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and just being honest of course and of course i'm biased but it will make a difference i there's an absolute that there's no question yeah i think it's interesting that you talk about you know if you have spending that little bit extra mm-hmm. on and a good drink uh in australia where you know like the irish we love our booze I, uh, well i'm here for 18 days so I can't <laughs> confirm. you do phenomenal wine oh my god the economy is Boomy since I got here, so <laughs> particularly, particularly the wine industry. But there you go. They've, um, you know, I've read some studies recently that people in Australia are drinking less, but they're drinking better. So that kind of really, goes, yeah, they are. Um, some friends who work in alcohol companies. I'm yeah. totally stealing that line. Yeah, there there was an average drinking less but drinking better. Yeah, there was an mm. average like our beer consumption is down from like the sixties or seventies when yeah. the average consumption per day per individual was something like four or five. Like pints, <laughs> like schooners. Really? Yeah, and that was like just the day? daily. Yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, it is declining. But uh, well, it's I, like health. You know, people are more focused on their yeah, health. They're course. better educated. Yeah. Uh, around that, and also a younger generation that are now coming through and of legal age of drinking. Uh-huh. A lot of them aren't drinking as much. And it's 18 here, isn't it? Just yeah, 18. 18. Yeah, oh, okay. so people are a lot. 14 if you've got a backpack in a local park. Oh, well, we all know that. Come on. Who didn't? <laughs> you could be drinking water. Yeah. Mum's water for <laughs> crystal. Can you imagine? You bring your good crystal to the park, you know, with your mates. You got like, you're pouring out cheap long necks in a nice crystal. Can you imagine? Then it's okay, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. The cops came over and said, oh, oh, carry on. Oh, it looks yeah. very civil, boys. Yeah, nothing know. to see here. No <laughs> but I think I remember doing that something. You'd have a couple of beers and you'd have like maybe three beers because if you stole too many from your parents, then they'd notice. Yeah. So you take two or three, you kind of pass it around six guys, <laughs> and they go, "Yeah, I think I'm getting drunk. I can feel it too." So, no, you're not. You like a half a can of beer. It's, it's not working. Happening. It's working. Yeah. Something I wanted to talk about or ask you about was um, the the kind of your own personal heritage with right. Waterford Crystal because you, I remember you saying at the dinners that your dad yeah. went for Waterford. Yeah, so. in 1958, my dad. You know, began we always say his journey with Waterford, and he stayed there for, and he's still alive and he's in good health. Um, and he stayed there for thirty years. Really? Wow. And he left in eighty-seven, I think it was. Oh, he, he left in eighty-eight. Yeah. So when did you start? Eighty-six. Okay, oh. so you had you know like yeah, two years first of, of July, life over. A little wheel out of fifteen because really? my birthday was in August, so I went in at fifteen. <laughs> and, and what happened then was just circling back on as to why I left because when I when I went in there. 
um, like it was a job for life that famous term that doesn't exist anymore um, what does that mean it's it's like it's like you go into like a, a, this is like this is the 80s in ireland mm. so a completely different animal award for christ was a big employer well paid yeah uh, we were around all of these centuries it was a job for life you're locked in you're, you're guaranteed to be on a good salary pretty much until you retire yeah um and you know like factory workers you know they, and even today probably i don't know what really the industry is like now outside of ireland but you know people really don't stay in jobs for any longer than a couple of years like five or six we're all mobile educated the world is a small place right now compared to what it was yeah so for me it was um uh it was just when like i did my apprenticeship did what i needed to do and i said you know what i need to do something else and that's when i left and came back and whatever so it's all over the place i mean my life is crazy it's it's sometimes that i'm you know in a location like bondi i'm in Fremantle yesterday <laughs> i've been you know brisbane a few days before and melbourne sydney the first week i got here you think wow yeah what happened how did this happen, you know? Are there any other crystal companies doing it as well? Or what What kind of sets Waterford apart? Because it is a name. Yeah. Like, I was leaving tonight and I was talking to my folks. And they're like, oh, really? Like, Waterford, yeah. Waterford Crystal. Like, they knew 100% <laughs> yeah. what I was talking about. Like There are there are other crystal companies. Like, um, when I kind of named them, am I giving them out? <laughs> there are other crystal companies. Uh, no, I don't like Baccarat, Lennox, uh, Orifers, uh, companies like See, that. See, I haven't heard of any of those. That's exactly my point. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they, I mean, they make great crystal. I would never diss a competitor. I just yeah. wouldn't yeah. do that because it's totally unprofessional and they make some great stuff they really do but no we have the brand recognition that's yeah. the point I was making at the yeah. start even if you the don't history. have it yeah. you know it I mean something like we spoke about this on, on the on the speech like the Times Square Ball that drops each year yep. yeah this is cool yeah so the Times Square Ball is actually the water for Times Square Ball right so let me just give you yep. a couple of fun facts yeah yeah uh, about <laughs> that right so the ball itself is located in one Times Square yep um, it's actually over a pharmacy in a 420 24 story building um, number one Times Square is the actual address and at the top of that building the office block uh, is the Times Square Ball and it's a water for Times Square Ball so it's six tons in weight it's um, 12 feet in diameter it has 2,688 crystal panels cut on both sides uh, designed in Ireland um, 470 feet above Times Square uh, one million people in Times Square watch the ball drop I don't know if anybody been to Times Square I'm sure a lot of your listeners know about it or have been there Times Square is not a big area how no, do you get tiny. a million people <laughs> into that spot it's oh. unbelievable it just stretches back for miles not to mention everyone who's watching at home I, I, yeah, well that's the next thing and, and in the United States is approximately 200 million people watching <gasps> on TV considering the population of the country is like 316 million and here's the one here's the clincher 1.2 billion people around the world watch the ball drop, which makes Water for Crystal the most watched brand on the planet. Really? So that's, that's not so bad cool. for yeah, a little town in the really southeast yeah. of Ireland. You know, 47,000 people I could go on all night long. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And that's what's really cool. And then my my role on that that week is all Times Square Media. So all do you the, go the, every year? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm I'm the I give all the speeches and all yeah. the um PR stuff and all. It's all it's all TV. It's all like Good Morning America. And we were often on um. CNBC. I know that some of those shows don't tra- translate over here, like like business shows, Power Lunch, and um, mm. uh, we've um, Wall Street Journal TV, and I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah. So, so you get we do live broadcasts from the New York Stock Exchange. Mm. Uh, they tell you not to take photographs, which obviously I disobey that. Kind of <laughs> um, so it's incredible. So it's from the 27th to the 31st, basically, is the whole razzmatazz because it's a huge event in the United States. Yeah. I mean, it's 1.2 billion people across the world, so it's huge. It's really huge. So there's, there's two things I really want to get into. The first one is I'd, I'd love to talk about glass blowing itself. Right. Funnily enough, when Alex mentioned you were coming on and that you had actually experienced it at 
one of the guys I was hatching this idea with or who would listen to me talk about the idea right. was at a pub, funnily enough, when I was in Hong Kong. And I used to just drink with him because he lived on the other side of this pub and we just kept running into each other right. so much that obviously, you know, shared beers, cigarettes, and then everything went sure. downhill from there. He was a glassblower. He, knew oh, wow. he was one of the only... Um, he considered himself a traditional glass blower right. there because obviously living so close to China, a lot of it was mass manufactured, et cetera, et cetera. And he had a really interesting process. And the second thing I'd like to talk about afterwards is what makes a good story for a brand ambassador. Right. Because as soon as she was saying it, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I could go and talk about things. Then I'm like, but what makes a really good you yeah. know, conversation about a heritage and a luxury brand? Well, like see, that? the thing, the difference with me is that like, and you can hire a spokes people persons um <laughs> to i'm not too sure which one it is but they both said okay but you can hire somebody to learn their lines you know i mean you can you can i'm, I'm looking at something recently about um jaguar they they'd hire like a british guy with the nice refined english accent talking about the, Brit, the british engineering he didn't work for jaguar he just spoke well you know? <laughs> and that's fine right because he, he delivered the message with a british accent the narrative over a British product was a British accent. So I totally got that and kind of bought into it as a consumer. But for me, I did it. That's the difference. So yeah. I was the guy on the factory floor for, you know, 14 years of Glassboro and other things, like 20 years with your lunchbox under your arm, the big <laughs> hobnail boots, T-shirt on, you know, so that's... You're so well-dressed right now. Yeah. I had to picture all this, like, but now, like little no, steel like, lunchbox, yeah, no, like Homer yeah, Simpson. But that, like, but you're right. So, so now I wear, like, you know, shirts and ties and whatever. Not my day job, like, in the office is casual, mm. but, like, my, obviously, event stuff is all pretty formal uh, given who it is so when I stand up and talk about it and I've got my Irish accent talking about an Irish brand one of the things I always get into the conversation is that when I'm going to talk about the complexities of the glass cutting or the, the glass blowing and how difficult it is to make well you know what I did it for 14 years so I do know what I'm yeah. talking about I didn't just learn something an hour before watch a couple of videos and speak well I physically did it <laughs> that's the whole, and I'm later. from Waterford yeah. representing Waterford my dad worked there before me so it's all an authentic it's, story. It's, that's what I mean. You can't buy that no, as a yeah, brand. Exactly. Just, I mean, and it's it's a complete integrity. So I know exactly what I'm talking. I mean, that's not to say that I don't get you know stumped on something or someone asks me a difficult question. Yeah. If I don't know something, and then you know you, you don't know it. But yeah. for the most part, I do because I did it, and that's the difference. I think you know. All right, let's get into glass blowing. Then let's let's take the the whiskey tumbler. Right. Talk us through the process of oh, what God. that takes. I'm right. curious about that as well. Right. I don't, I don't okay, understand so how you is, make crystal Just glass for right. everybody out, this is totally unscripted because we I, I have no idea what the questions are going to be. So <laughs> I, I couldn't learn any lines before I came in, by the way. Uh, basically, uh, crystal um, melts at 1400 degrees Celsius. And what's the difference between crystal and glass? Yeah, crystal, it's the lead content. So when you pick up a glass, like I know we have beer bottles here, but if you pick up that, it's that like, that's glass, but it's just light, it's functional, it's durable, whatever. Crystal is heavier and it's weightier and has that sparkling sheen. So it's a big, and it's, it's it basically it's the con, it's the ingredients of the crystal. So the ingredients are it's like silica sand that's imported from Poland, uh, potash, um, crushed crystal. Um, there's also what's potash? It's it's like a it's like a it's like a powder form that we mine that we melt that we melt into the furnace. Right. And then you put in crystal and on top of it, and you you fire up the, basically the furnace of 1400 degrees Celsius. So inside of that, so I'm just going to think about the process. So inside of a furnace, there's like this, uh, it's hard to describe. We call it a pot. It's a furnace that's maybe six foot tall and maybe goes back about maybe six feet two. And there's a small window, small opening. So the glass blower has to put in like a blowing iron, a rod. You probably saw it on TV or videos or something. He has to put this into the furnace, twist it. Yep. Very hard to get that description kind of over the years. Well, air. it's that big viscous kind of what people imagine like, 
molten like molten lava but yeah. it's it's a, it's a it's a molten it's a molten substance so it's that really heavy viscous yeah, kind so of it looks glowing like, it orange looks, i mean we've 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 often heard people like, it looks like sticky toffee like yeah falling, mm. like, yeah that kind of orange kind of yellow color and you but you have to keep twisting all the time because um when you uh because it's molten it's falling so you got to keep twisting the, the like the blowing iron all the time so what happens then is that you really you, given like the skills that are passed down really from generation to generation that's what happens because you're using your eye hand coordination you're using wooden tools wooden molds to manipulate the shape of the crystal just say like that whiskey tumbler you're talking yeah. about and with that then you're basically getting the overall shape of the whiskey tumbler and it's still in its molten stage but it's cooling and solidifying all the time and you're putting that shape into a mold because it has to be formed yeah so each glassware I mean we had some beautiful glassware yeah. over the weekend we yeah. had those big balloons we mm-hmm. had the little whiskey tumblers we had more of the gla- the right. wine glass style so yeah. they all have their own mold essentially yeah, correct they do and then all the, all the cut patterns that you see over those because my, like my job is to just kind of make the the, the glass without the cuts I and mean, you see all the beautiful cut patterns oh. so you make process. the glass yes i make that like i i work in the kind of the hot stage i make yeah. the crystal from the furnace and then the other guys the glass cutters, they come in and put those beautiful cuts and swerves that you see on. And that's when, when you see crystals sparkling in the light when you yeah. hold it up against, what you're seeing there is the glass cutters grooved into the crystal using a specialized machine to give that swerve or that, we call it upright cuts, those kind of vertical yeah. cuts that you see on the gin glasses. Yeah, they're beautiful. And that's what you're seeing there. And then it goes through different quality checks and stuff like that. So you could talk about the process of glass, but we would, we'd run out of time. But that's really what it is. And it's, I mean, glass making is, is you know, in... 5,000 years old. So Waterford didn't invent glass. Yeah. But I like to think we perfected it. Perfected it. Yeah. Well, that is the epitome of making and creating yeah. really, you yeah. know, crystal glassware. Yeah. yeah. And and from a, like a profession standpoint now, are people still getting into glass blowing? How's it done? No, not really. I mean, it's not, it's, you're not going to go to, you know, uni or whatever and study glass blowing. It's, it, 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 no, I mean. It's, so is that a problem? No, the, not really. Um, uh, because, or a job for life, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, that's the thing, you see. It's, yeah, you're right. But you, we do have apprentices. We just took on new apprentices from Waterford in the last maybe 18 months or so. Okay. So there's always people who want to do it because mostly because their dad worked there. So there's a kind yeah. of a, there's a continuity of, um, you know, second generation yeah. and so on and so forth, maybe third generation in, in some cases. But, um, but there's always, you know, somebody like Waterford, any big company name, or if you're Apple computers, you're Google or whatever, there's always somebody who's going to want to work for you and learn. But you can learn to be a glassblower. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have really necessarily an innate ability. You get, you get taught how to do it and it takes you know, anywhere between five and seven years to become what we call a master craftsman. Yeah, so, to master your craft. Yes, okay. five to seven years. Really? It's just unbelievable. You know, you don't just go in in six months' time and go, yep, yeah, I can make this. <laughs> I'm done. You're like you're in an apprenticeship for almost five years. How many glass blowers are there? Um, we have, back in, in, let me think, we have two factories that we operate from. One is in Waterford, Ireland, the other is from Slovenia. Uh, in Eastern Europe and a little bit on that one because I get asked a lot of questions is that the Slovenian factory is ours so it's not subcontracted it's not another company making product for us or like components or anything like that we actually own the factory so the melting technology that we have in Waterford we also have it in Slovenia and the Eastern Europeans are making glass as long as we are Mm. actually in in fact in the 1700s when we started this the Eastern Europeans came over and taught the Irish guys so we're kind of going back to source so between both of them there's probably 420 i guess i could be slightly off on the figures but it's about that between two factories okay awesome yeah and then there's all other different departments like polishing and copper wheel engraving and 
it's really is an art form yeah you know to see it and i i you know there's lots of um irish in australia um, there are you know they're all at Quidditch yeah. heritage yes lots of around <laughs> and uh, you know Waterford has about 250,000 people a year that travel to the gates to see it being made so it's, it's really yeah it's, it's not yeah just, I was going to ask can you go to yeah, Waterford it's not a closed, no it's not a closed shop at all you just you can actually go in and great factory see all the you kind of get the visual on what I'm talking about mm. and you're when we talk about like the heat of the furnace and whatever you're only like here to here away from the guys making the crystal you can you can feel it on your face when you stand right next to them and 250,000 people come through so the population like over the year like we have a population of 47,000 yet mm. 250,000 come in so multiply that by Sydney's population of five that's what the equivalent is of having these millions of people come in wow. and it's incredible yeah. and they come from all over the world all over the world Growing up in Waterford, yeah. I grew up in a small country town in Australia called Broken Hill, and it's. And I googled sound. that when you said it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just it a real place. It is a real place. <laughs> and What's wrong with the hill? So back in its back in its day, when I was there, it was probably around the same forty seven thousand, right. and our industry was mining. Right. So. Um, Broken Hill BHP is like a, a really large um, mining company yeah. here in Australia, and that started in Broken Hill. And I think growing up, there was it was sort of expected that that was the main source sure. of uh, income for the town. Yeah. So a lot of people would leave yeah. school, go get apprenticeships on the mines. Very similar, and, yeah. yeah, and I'm sort of third generation, so my grandfather did that. My right. my dad's a teacher, but his um, brothers went and worked on the mine, and sure. And so was it kind of like that in Waterford, where did most of the town work for? Waterford? Uh, I can categorically say absolutely yep. yeah. because everybody had somebody working there. It was like like a, your your parents, your 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 mom, your uncles, aunts, brother, sister, next door neighbor, whatever. Yeah. And and because like back in kind of the mid nineteen eighties when there was you know a couple of thousand people working there, obviously technology and you know efficiencies kind of changed some things. But yeah, every like the whole town survived around pretty much one factory because and it's, and it's not just the people; it's all those little. All those little corner shops where guys be going to work yeah. in the morning picking up like the newspaper and, yeah. and, and, and like your sandwich for your lunch or something like that. Or, you know, there was like, you know, betting offices, guys be betting on the horses at lunchtime <laughs> or going out for a quick beer or something like that. So all of the peripheral business, like for maybe a mile or two out, they benefited enormously. Mm. And then, you know, things changed and, you know, recession hit and stuff like that. And that hurt everybody. But you, you're right. It, it was all connected yeah. somehow woven into Waterford the, it's, the company it's like Lego where if you don't work for Lego then someone in your immediate family will work on it in the town where Lego is from oh, really? and I've completely forgotten where it is and so. it's the same for um, Red Bull actually really yeah oh, wow. so at their um, head office where in that town everyone pretty much works for oh, Red fantastic. Bull as well I so that. I think a lot of yeah where they've got head offices in smaller towns it tends to be the whole town surrounded by it so growing up did you always think that you were going to work for Waterford um, not really. That's a good question. I do remember, um, like as a young kid, you know, going down. My, like my mom would come come down and she'd, um, you know, let's go down and meet dad. And you'd see him come out of the factory, and you're kind of all these people are coming towards you, and you're just trying trying to see him and weave in between bodies. I remember <laughs> that. But I, I, honestly, I never had really any aspirations to be a glass blower. That that's not like I. I want. I, I didn't really decide I wanted to follow my father's footsteps. It just happened. Mm. Um, I, I, obviously, I was 15. I mean, I mean, who knows anything at 15? Come on. Because <laughs> all you knew is you had a job that was well paid and your dad worked there. I said, all right, I'll do that. <laughs> Not really, really. I mean, I knew what they did. The house is surrounded by crystal and whatever. And, you know, the whole town was kind of founded on it almost. Like, it's where we're on the map. Everyone, like the town of Waterford. Quick, quick side story. I was in Wyoming a uh, couple of, uh, let me think, November. 
and a small little town and I was in I was in Utah doing something and I drove over the border because I'd never been to Wyoming before the mm-hmm. small little town and I walked in the little coffee shop and I just said oh can I have like a you know, cup of coffee and a sandwich or whatever and then like they said oh where are you from because my accent was very different in Wyoming <laughs> a small little town with a population like 200 people or something I said oh I'm from from Ireland and he said oh what whereabouts and I said I'm from Waterford the place where they make the crystal no way this was like wow. the back arse of nowhere yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean I was going yeah yeah and we had this great conversation for you know really? 15 minutes and off we went but that's just a that's kind yeah. of a, little, cool. a little story you know um so back to so what was your point again? <laughs> I was asking, you know, did you always think that you were going to work for yeah, Waterford? Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, back on track. Yeah, because I keep doing I keep doing side swipes <laughs> on it, something else. But uh, n- not really as a kid. No, when I think back on that, it wasn't something that I just I had a real um, kind of grow to do. I just ended up doing it, um, mm. and probably everybody else did. I don't think anybody really thought about it any different the fact that it was a good job and it was a job for life yeah inverted commas uh, <laughs> if you look up that saying yeah you'll see what it, the connotations yeah. was you were literally locked into somewhere for you were, you were almost institutionalized if you're going to stay there and that's one of the reasons why i left after 20 years even though within that 20 years i was new product development engineering you know so it wasn't the same thing every single day and then i yeah. just said oh, i gotta do something else i gotta see what's out there which is the best thing i ever did because coming back it was a whole different level of appreciation yeah um when i left it i came back older i came back you know a better person i like to believe or a better version of myself at least so when i went back into it then and then i went back um you know in a in a real ambassador role as opposed to anything else so it was a whole different ball game you know i'm very lucky that my my passport is like a book it's like a story of places yeah. i've been you know it's phenomenal you know? how much do you travel wow out of the uh, year i traveled probably uh seven months continuous i guess wow. six months maybe depends it can change yeah. like my, even just like my next travel i just if i can remember in my head so my next travel is on the 14th of october i go to minneapolis to do the tv shopping network like tvsn here not qvc there's a different um, company there called evine okay e-v-i-n-e so i do that for a weekend then i'm finished there and i go to corning museum of glass to do some presentation because they're celebrating the 150th year i'm making a high-end bespoke two thousand dollar vase for those guys so we're doing something there and then I take a break for two weeks and then I go to the Breeders' Cup in um, Kentucky because uh, we're part of the merchandising team there. I go from there to Ireland. We're doing more TV shopping there, but broadcast from the factory. Like it's a live broadcast from the factory. So I'm Ooh. saying, oh, and you can, this is beautiful cuts here and a great vase and the story. <laughs> and the guys are making it behind me. They're right behind me because it's live, like TV shopping is actually live television. Um, and I go from there, uh, where do I go? Oh, I go to Montana straight after that. And then I go to uh, Miami, Houston. Uh, I'm in Canada for four days on the on their shopping network, which is called the Shopping Network or the Shopping Channel (TSC). Wow. Uh, then I'm back to Houston, uh, and then I'm in. Uh, I don't think Seattle is happening this year. That's to be confirmed. All, I mean, it's all over. It's just all over the place. And I, I I'm missing some there. I'm only kind of thinking in the top yeah. of my head. I know I'm missing some. And so, um, what brought you to New York? Because you're not living in Ireland anymore; you're living in New York. Correct. Uh, I live in New Jersey. Um, so, and the thing about the first of all, the reason New Jersey, New Jersey is where our kind of headquarters, sales and marketing offices, logistics, and all of that. So, it could have been Arizona. It just happens it was you know New Jersey, um, and that's on the East Coast. So, the East Coast is a different animal than you know. People would ask me a lot, "What's America like?" I was going, "Well, are you talking about Tennessee? Are you talking about New Jersey versus Washington State? Because they're like different countries. Yeah. Yeah. Different population different people different cultures different laws different taxes because the country is too big to be managed you know primarily from uh, dc but um 
the so the company asked me to move over and uh, because it's sixty percent of our markets in the in the US. Wow. Um, mm. there's three hundred and sixteen million people living over there. So um and primarily that's where I travel is around the States. Which is phenomenal. So I've been, I'm on a mission to see all fifty. I've been yep. to thirty three now. What's uh, left? Oh God! You got to that's Disney. <laughs> there's New Mexico. There's uh, there's Colorado. It's a couple. There's all yeah. kind of the uh, kind of it's like the midsection. I'm yeah. missing out a couple the of those. Yeah, yeah. But I've been to all obscure places like Omaha, Nebraska, and you know um, North Dakota and Fargo and all these. Like the, the everyone knows like the, the LA's and the Boston's and New York or whatever. Yeah. So I get to I'm very adventurous. So my, if I if I'm somewhere for a couple of days, I will. Um, just hire a car and drive somewhere. Oh, fantastic. Just to see it. So yeah. well, I've never been to Wyoming. Like the Wyoming story was based on an event I had in Utah. I said, wow, I've never been to Wyoming before. I'm going to go there. So I did. Yeah. And I did the same in Arkansas. I was in Little Rock in Arkansas. And I said, I'm, I'm a big Elvis <laughs> fan. I said, I wanted to see Graceland. <laughs> so I said, hired a car and drove two and a half hours north to Graceland. Awesome. So I got to see that one. I said, yeah. oh God, Tennessee is not too far away. Let's go there too. And yeah, Mississippi. Yeah. So I did, oh, I did three states in one day. Drove for about 12 hours. Wow. You know, tired as hell at the end of it, but <laughs> you got to create memories. Yeah. You have memories just don't happen. You have to create memories, yeah. and that's what I do all the time. You get one shot of life, and if you know if you don't do something with it, then that's fine. It's like piss or get off the pot. Just quit the whinge and do it or don't do it. But yeah. Don't whinge that you haven't done it. Yeah, you know because everybody has choices. I'm I'm very fortunate and very lucky that I I get to do these. Not everybody gets to go to Utah, yeah. Salt Lake City, and then you can jump over the border to Wyoming. I get that, but I'm making the most of where I am when I can. Yeah. Oh, awesome. What a great attitude. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I do. I have a couple of like quick fire questions that I'm really <laughs> curious about. Doesn't you don't have to be quick. Products, there's obviously glassware. Is there anything unusual that Waterford make? Well, the, the company, yeah, they, that's, we make jewelry. Um, okay. I don't know enough about it to really talk about it because <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm not that that side of the business. Like Water, Wedgewood is the same company as us. Okay. Waterford Wedgewood is Royal Dalton, okay. um, which is obviously very My popular loves over here. Royal Dalton. Same. Yeah, <laughs> or we call it we call it or, like Miranda Kerr. Obviously, yeah. she's yeah. ambassador for uh, Ord. Uh, she doesn't work for the company like I do but you know she puts her, her name and her, her image across <laughs> it Ellen De- uh, DeGeneres does a lot of work for us in the States okay. um, uh, Jasper Conran uh, Vera Wang they they all work for us not work for us that's, that's very pretentious <laughs> works for us no they do not work for us they're, Vera Wang they're works aligned for us. to <laughs> us yeah. well, that was going to be one of my questions like what famous people have bought well, what stuff there you go so that's yeah. what you go but we like we we see um like we we I've seen orders for uh, getting trouble over this Oprah Winfrey, Justin Timberlake, and wow. the royal family, the Beckhams. Um, you know, you just you just see order books and you see like stuff going out the door or whatever. So it's incredible. You know, they don't come in and they don't they don't advertise it or broadcast. I wish they did because we get some. <laughs> but, so it's um yeah we, we, like the company is just vast. We're a global company. That's the thing. And yeah. I'm I'm the water for ambassador. If somebody works for Wedgwood or works within the Wedgwood team. Uh, Royal Dalton, like I said, Royal Albert, a, a smaller company again, it's kind of a sub brand within. Lots going on all the time. When really, there's new partnership, been, uh, new partnerships being announced for 2019 with um, uh, alcohol companies. Wow. Uh, so that's all. I think it's actually just been announced, actually. So better be careful in case it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of on the, I'm on the cusp of the timeline. Uh, so there's always things happening. There's always, you know, different people coming in. And the, the what's happening, I find, is that the, the, employee is a, has a very young um, mindset the, like the average employee has a very young mindset which is phenomenal so all of the real senior managers all of the real decision makers are all in the 40s mm. yeah that's they're great. not they're not like the gray old men sitting in the suits in the top offices you know yeah. which is incredible and that will come to fruition as the years go on because they're like they're uh, they're their own target yeah like in the yeah. 40s with maybe some money in your back pocket or whatever the target market yeah. is, you know but 
it's um it's an interesting company to work for. It's always changing, but we'll never be. You have to kind of use a kind of an economic term. You stick to the knitting. You just got to stick to what you're good at. Yeah. And never lose focus on that. And you can branch out, of course. And we've made mistakes. We've gone on different launches and different um, uh, collaborations that weren't that successful. And that's just any business. Just learning. Yeah. yeah. It's just is what it is. You know, it's just a fact that happened. You move on. Boom. You're done. What does your house look like? What kind of glassware? What kind of pieces have you got? Have you got any favorite glassware? Everybody thinks that like I've got crystal dripping from yes, the. I, I, I actually don't. Okay. Um, I don't. His toothbrush cup is like yes, crystal. Yeah, yeah. The dog bowl, crystal yeah, yeah. bowl. Or whatever. <laughs> no, I, I bathe in a crystal bath. And you don't have a dog. A dog. You travel seven months of the year. No, but, no. We we we. Ha- I don't. I don't have a lot. I mean, I have functional. I don't really. I'm not really. I do have some like house water for pieces, which is their the Irish made high-end you know five hundred dollar price points upwards i have a couple of those but i have i'm more of a functional guy that i would prefer to have wine glasses or gin glasses or whiskey glasses i'm going to use them i don't really i'm not really into displaying crystal yeah i'm more into the usability of it so i'm not just going to buy something because it's pretty if i can't really do something with it yeah Yeah. you know i do have those type of pieces but not a lot of them yeah Uh, but i if i'm having a glass of wine of a any given evening day weekend like i just use my water for it all the time yeah why wouldn't i yeah. But you know why? Why not? Not because I have it. Why wouldn't I do it anyway? Why, yeah. why would you have a nice glass of wine and drink it out of a two dollar yeah. glass? That, or you know, um, that doesn't make sense to me. What's the most expensive piece of Waterford that they've ever sold? Oh God! Uh, if I'm right in this, I could be. Oh, no, I'm probably. I'm probably right. There was a carriage. There was a, a, a like a, <laughs> a carriage. Yeah, it sold to Harrods in London. I think for about a hundred thousand dollars. Like that group British pounds. I don't even know what the conversion is. A carriage, like, like a whole a, carriage, like a whole carriage, like a crystal carriage. Um, like with horses and, and uh, we've sold um, like rugby balls, uh, American football helmets. Um, oh, that's cool. There's a uh, like the Excalibur stone, you know, that type of thing. Like, yeah. There's a lot of like really, really high end pieces. There's a mirror that's 40,000 euros um, because it's a huge mirror, about seven feet tall and all these crystal diamonds are all around the mirror. It's spectacular. You know, there's, there's where to my price league, price league, that's for sure. <laughs> but people do want these. And a lot of those kind of really high-end pieces, we only make one. Yeah. We make one. What's the production. most complex piece? Oh, God. There's something called a turnover bowl. Uh, and it's very hard, again, to get the visual on it. It's like if you can imagine your your, your bowl sh- you know, shooting upwards in that shape and has a, it has a turn at the top and it kind of circles back on itself, almost like, like a, a lip. Like a lip. Almost like, but it goes in a real, again, we're, we're, we don't have like vision here <laughs> to explain to everybody. But it's, um, it's, it, and it's just very complex to make it called a turnover bowl. And that's, um, that's the type of thing you would make 10 and maybe get eight wrong. Really? Yeah, because oh. it's like the quality is so high. Yeah. It's like quality first, quality always. So we can't, we don't do seconds. We don't let, let it out the door if there's something wrong with it. So it has to be perfect. And that's a nightmare to make. An absolute nightmare. So that's probably at least one of the most complex pieces that we ever do. The turnover ball. That's yeah. cool. The turnover ball. I yeah. like it. Love it. Yeah, look one. it up. If you I want actually, one. <laughs> if, you, if, you look, if you look up the term. But, it, but there's even some fascinating stories that like back in the 1960s, um, John F. Kennedy, who's like, the most famous Irish American of them all. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, a, a tradition started that the Irish sitting premier, which is called the Taoiseach in Irish, like the prime minister, presents the the sitting um, president of the United States with a bowl of shamrock in a, in a water for crystal bowl, and that takes place every single year. So, all of those kind of cool things yeah. happen a lot. You yeah. know, it's my job to get out there and tell those stories in any medium, like doing podcasts like this <laughs> is really fun. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So it's really cool to be at the other side. Yeah. yeah. And I listen to myself next week and go, oh, oh my God, it's <laughs> so terrible. Oh my God, it's so terrible. Uh, so it's, it's, just, um, it's just a fun, I make it fun, put it that way. I yeah. make it fun. I just have a good time and 
little bit of a little bit hungover today because um <laughs> not now i'm actually fine now flying in from perth it was like one of those flights you kind of go oh still out too late last night but we were at the end of like a 17 18 day tour of the country you know all over the place basically so we had kind of a bit of a send-off and uh, raised a glass or two or three or four yeah. to uh, all of the success and really just thanking our customers because without those guys not, it doesn't matter they they keep the lights on in my house so yeah. I'm, I'm eternally grateful for our customers being with us you know thick and thin basically and you've actually got another dinner that you've got to race off to yeah. tonight no rest for the wicked so we better let you go but thank you so much for taking the time out of your really fun. busy schedule yeah. i know it just you're trying to lock you down and we were a, trying to, we were talking about this weeks ago you know, know. and i think i if, if i can remember if i recall i even said to you we'll do it i don't know how when but we're going to do it and I, so i said say yes first and figure the rest out later yeah. on. it's so, exactly what he said yeah, we awesome. made it work thank we you. did and here we are so thank you for having me guys really appreciate it <laughs> thank you so much and thank you guys for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode of Maker and Creator um, we if you want to get in touch with us maybe you've got a friend or maybe yourself is making and creating something interesting that we should be talking about getting on the show uh get in touch with us you can hit me up i'm at ms darlinghurst on social media and jai's jai smith or double star co and uh, we'll be back next week with another yep. episode thank you thank you